episode number 30. Welcome back. This is the Expected Returns Podcast. My name is Stephen Lutman. I'm a real estate investor and agent here in the capital region of New York State. A lot of fun topics for us to cover today. However, before we jump in, I have one question for you. Do you currently follow me on social media? It's a great way to stay up to date on not only what I'm up to, but for real estate news as well. SJ Lincoln Realty is the handle you'll want to search out. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, our most active account is going to be Instagram. And again, that handle is SJ Lincoln Realty. I love hearing from you. DMs are always wide open. Happy to answer questions privately or if you want to get answered anything here on the pod itself. Fantastic. Again, SJ Lincoln Realty. In the meantime, let's get into today's episode. Where I'd like to start today is with a conversation around something being for free. Now, if you live in the Northeast like I do and travel quite a bit for work, especially during the winter months, one thought that's going to pop into your mind from time to time is, do I have enough air pressure in my tires? I have places to go. I need to get there safely. I don't have time for unnecessary traffic accidents. What is the air pressure in my tires? I could go to Speedway. I could go to Cumberland Farms, but I don't. I'm going to Stewart's. And the reason I'm going to Stewart's is because every time I drive by, big sign, free air. And I'll be pumping my tires of air. What's the next thought that pops into your mind? Well, while I'm here, I might as well get some gas. Or, you know what? I am kind of low on milk and eggs. Often it's, you know what? I, I do want some ice cream today. Very rarely does free air not turn into me not buying something from Stewart's. And that takes me to our recent marketing campaign we're seeing from lenders, which is go ahead, buy your house now, refinance it for free. Now, what's the backstory on this? Origination volumes on loans have fallen off a cliff. Now, purchases are down, generational lows, people are finding it very difficult to enter the ranks of home ownership. At the same time, if you are a current homeowner and you have a mortgage, 90% of us have one with a rate below 6%. Now, what does this mean? Nobody is refinancing their house. So if you're a lender, this is very, very bad news. Now, in an effort to drum up some business, a few of the big time lenders in the country, as well as some regional players are starting to roll out. Buy your house now, refinance for free. Be very careful with this. Now, when you're refinancing your property, there's two buckets of costs you need to have in the back of your mind. We're talking about lender fees and third-party costs. Lender fees are costs sent directly from the bank or whoever the lender is to you to originate the loan. We're talking about application fees, underwriting fees, document prep fees. These are costs you're paying directly to your lender. There are also third-party service providers that also need to get paid. This is the person that comes out to do your appraisal to make sure that the value of your home aligns with what you're trying to refinance it for. This could be if you have a local recording tax. This could be a title search to make sure that there are no mystery liens placed against your property. These are all costs associated with refinancing. So when you are told you can refinance for free, this could mean a couple of different things. This could be the lender is waiving all of their costs. And at time of closing, you are issued a credit for the third party costs that you incurred. Okay. Refinancing for free could be the lender saying, we are waiving all of our costs. Okay. That is free. However, you're still on the hook for paying the third party service providers. It could also mean we are rolling everything into the loan. So at closing, you have no obligation. There's no check to cut. 
Is that free? In some respects it is, but instead of paying for it at closing, you're paying for it over the next 15 to 30 years rolled into your mortgage. Are these products worth pursuing? It depends a lot on the breakdown. Now, what am I giving up in exchange for this privilege? So if, am I required to buy my property with you in order to then refinance it for free, okay? If that's the case, is the rate I'm paying now comparable to the rest of the market or am I paying a premium in order to get that privilege down the road, okay? That's something I need answered. When it comes time for this refinance, am I refinancing it at market rates or am I paying a premium because I'm getting it for free? These are all very important questions because in a hypothetical world of a $250,000 loan balance, if your rate is 50 basis points, so we're talking a half of a percent higher than that maybe the market would allow you to, over the first 15 years of the loan, you're going to be paying an additional $10,000 worth of interest. So if you're saving, let's call it you know $6,000, let's say for a free refinance, but instead you're paying $10,000 in additional interest because you didn't get the best interest rate available, is that necessarily free? I, I don't know. So these are all questions that need to be answered. On top of that, does the free option ever expire? This is important to know because if you're thinking that, well, you know, rates will be higher for the next couple of years, I'll refinance it in year four. However, it's essentially an option that you have for three years. You don't want to turn around to your lender and say, hey, I'm ready to refinance for free. And they say, oh, guess what? You know, you had it for 36 months. Now we're in month 38. No bueno. That would be very disappointing. Anytime someone is offering you something for free, be very cautious. Another thing worth mentioning is, do you need to qualify all over again? You may find yourself in a situation where your work history is great right now, everything's wonderful. What if your family situation changes? Maybe you lose your employment. Maybe something happened with the family where you and a spouse were the original borrowers, the spouse is no longer in the picture, now it's just you. Can you qualify on your own? What if there's a health situation, you're no longer working? If you have to requalify for the loan all over again, it's essentially a worthless option because you're not going to be able to qualify. So again, anytime someone is offering to do something for you for free, be very cautious because there's usually something that's in it for them on the front end. Next up, some additional fun real estate topics. However, first, before we get there, a quick word from today's show sponsor, SJ Lincoln Realty, residential and commercial real estate office here in Saratoga County. I've been a real estate investor for the better part of a decade and operate the office here as the licensed real estate broker. You can contact me at steven at sjlincoln.com. That is my email address, goes directly to me. Or you can visit our website, sjlincoln.com slash book a call, and you can schedule a Zoom conversation or a phone call. Again, that's gonna be directly with me. There are no interns here. There are no new agents learning on the job. Your communication, your purchase would go directly through me. All of your transactions, again, would be uh, involving myself and you. So again, Stephen at sjlincoln.com, sjlincoln.com slash book a call. That's it. Let's get back to the show. Next, we're going to pivot to a topic that's been in the news quite a bit recently, and that's the Federal Reserve and expected interest rate cuts for 2024. Now, uh, Fed Chairman Powell spoke publicly after their December meeting along with some of his coworkers, the general takeaway was that interest rate hikes were in the rear view and cuts are inevitable. 
If we look at CME's FedWatch tool, which is future projections of interest rates by interest rate traders, there's a one-third expectation that the Fed funds rate will have come down 150 basis points by year-end 2024, which if this were to be done in quarter-point chunks would represent a cut at almost every single one of their meetings for the next calendar. Predicting interest rate trajectory can be very, very difficult. However, I thought it would be a fun experiment to look at once rates are done rising, what do real estate prices do the next 12 months? We're fairly certain we've peaked. Historically, what do the next 12 months look like? For the folks who happen to be listening to this and aren't on the YouTube page, I'll try to give you the sports play-by-play, but we're looking at a chart here and we're going back to 1990. There have been four periods, not including presently, where the Fed has raised rates at least a full percentage point. In all four of those instances, real estate has increased in value. And for context, what we're using for this chart is the median priced American single family home. The, we're looking at a bar chart here. On the left-hand side, we're looking at the four dates in, uh, being referenced are February 1995, May of 2000, June of 06, and December 2018. So again, these represent time periods where the Fed had raised at least 1%, and then they stopped. After they stopped, and the first example being February of 1995, what did real estate do the next 12 months? So on the left, on the blue chart, excuse me, on the blue bar chart, we have a 2.7%, 2.75% increase in rates. The next 12 months, real estate did 2.7%, okay? In each one of our examples here, the following 12 months, real estate rose in value. Given this information, what are the takeaways? Well, all orange bars represent positive values, meaning in all four cases, home prices rose in value. If we were to look in our current situation, we would see that if, if we are in fact done with hikes, the last hike would have been July of 2023. At that time, the median sales price home was $412,000. Contrast that with today, where the price is $392. If you believe that the trend is going to continue, where after the last hike, prices rose at least in some manner, then if this is to hold true, real estate prices in the next six months are going to rise in a meaningful manner because not only are we going to surpass the previous high, which was back in July, excuse me, we're not going to, we're not only going to surpass where it was previously back in July, but we're going to go above and beyond that as well. So prices are going to rise in a meaningful way. Are four data points enough to make a definitive statement? No, I, I don't think any statistician worth any value would claim that four points of a data series. Typically, you're looking for no less than 100 points for anything to be viewed as statistically significant. However, it is a fun exercise. And again, if you do believe that the trend is going to hold, then you would expect to see a meaningful rise in home prices through Q2 of 2024. And finally, we'll wrap up today with a real world example of how speed is not always your friend. I'm working with a client currently who's purchasing a building in the city of Albany. They've had the offer accepted. They're ready to do inspections. 
Unfortunately, there was an illness, so we did need to push it out a few days. I reached out to the seller's agent to relay this information. She says, yep, no big deal, that's fine. Oh, and by the way, I'm meeting the appraiser at the property there this afternoon. Yikes. For those who have purchased property before or are experienced investors, you'll know that the typical timeline of events is you have an offer accepted, the attorney approves the contract, you do your inspections, the bank orders the appraisal, then comes underwriting and title work, which ultimately leads to a closing, you buying the property. As we mentioned in the opening segment of the show, transaction volumes in real estate are significantly lower than they will or they were, say, 18 months ago. So appraisers are going to have more time on their hands. This is great, though. So the transaction is moving along. This is a positive thing, right? Wrong. I want you to think for a moment of what happens if we go to do inspections and it goes horribly wrong. It's so bad that the buyer now elects to pull out of the transaction. Well, typically they would be out their inspection costs, which if you're looking at multifamily buildings, small multifamily, you might've paid six, $700 for your inspection. That's the cost of doing business, right? In this case, because the appraiser was so eager to get out there, not only would they be out the inspection cost, but now they're out an appraisal cost as well, because even if the loan doesn't close, they still got to pay the bank for the appraisal. This is rare. It, it's, it would be a very rare situation for a buyer to completely pull out of a transaction based on something that was uncovered during inspections. What is not uncommon is for something to be uncovered and a purchaser attempting to renegotiate some form of the uh, purchase contract based on the new information. So you're buying a multifamily property that has four furnaces you're thinking, great, everything's functional. You go to do your inspections. Turns out, you know, two of the four furnaces don't even work, which is a major safety issue. That's something that would need to be remedied. You now then want to take that information to the seller to try to renegotiate the price based on you having to front the cost of two new furnaces as soon as you close on the building. Would you say your leverage is more or less now that you've paid more money to get to this point in the loan. So you've paid for your inspection, you've paid for your appraisal. Well, if I'm the seller in this transaction, I now know you're less inclined to wanna to back away because you're into this thing for close to $1,500 at this point, right? So am I gonna be more or less inclined to work with you knowing that you have a larger dollar amount invested in this transaction closing? I'm gonna be pretty difficult to negotiate with because I suspect you're gonna to wanna to try to get this thing closed maybe not significantly more, but you are going to be more invested now that you know, you've paid your application costs, you've paid your appraisal, you've paid your inspection. I mean, you're, you're into this for a chunk of money. You want to get the transaction closed. So this would be very detrimental to negotiating power. This is why you don't want to give the seller any information in terms of how much you like the property, what the property condition was, other than this is, this is a negative aspect to the property. I need to renegotiate on this. So although moving the transaction along speedily is great, you, know, you want to buy the property as quickly as possible. That's fantastic. The seller is going to appreciate that. They want to sell the property. However, you don't want to put yourself with a negative foot forward. And by jumping the gun on certain proponent or certain aspects of the purchase, you're actually hurting yourself. So Long story short, how do we remedy things like this? How do we benefit from this particular situation? Um, 
the most important thing I can say is making sure all members of your team are communicating effectively with each other. So you're the point person, you're the person buying the property, you're managing your employees. And in this case, your employees are the people you've hired, your real estate agent, your real estate attorney, your lender, and in some respects, your inspector as well. All these people should be communicating with each other. In this case, the lender did not communicate with myself or possibly even with the buyer. Maybe they did. Certainly not with myself to let us know the appraiser, the appraisal has been ordered. They're going out on such a day because I would have then interjected and say, well, let's pump the brakes on that. Let's delay it until we get done with inspections because it's not in our clients, right? We both work for the buyer. It's not in our client's best interest to have the appraisal done until we've buttoned everything else up on inspections first. So uh, the main takeaway here is that when you hire a team, just make sure everyone's communicating with each other. And that way, uh, at the end of the day, you're going to be saving yourself money. Yes, these people work for you. But at the end of the day, you need to be running the project. So making sure everyone is communicating is going to be of the utmost importance. So please keep that in mind. That's it for today's show. Uh, I really do hope that you got something out of this. Uh, if you did find it informative, uh, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. So it's going to be... Uh, SJ Lincoln Realty, again, on all the social platforms. I'd love to hear from you. If you want to reach out directly, my email address is stephen at sjlincoln.com. And the website is sjlincoln.com slash book a call. And again, you'll be able to schedule a phone conversation with myself. Or if you prefer doing something like a Zoom, that's great. That'd be fun. We can certainly do that too. So the two ways to get a hold of me, or three ways actually, uh, social media, SJ Lincoln Realty, website sjlincoln.com slash book a call. And obviously my email address is Stephen with a V, S-T-E-V-E-N at sjlincoln.com. Thanks for watching and we'll talk again soon.